Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Help! I made a bad decision again. That's the title of my message. How many can realize that statement? Yeah, everybody in here. We've all made bad decisions, haven't we? And don't look to your neighbor. Keep your head straight ahead. The thing is, is um, when it comes to life here, no matter where you live, what country you live in, what nationality, you've made a bad decision. Everybody on this planet has made bad decisions. Now, the problem is, is those bad decisions have led to some ugly things, some, you know, destructive things. It's hurt not only you, but maybe other people. Or it could be just something that, a decision that was a temporary issue or problem. But either way, bad decisions are made, correct? I mean, that's what we're, we're seeing in our own personal lives. Again, I know some of you didn't raise your hands, but you're probably the ones that have to raise hands, feet, jump up and down, you know. But the point is, is we... We make bad decisions. Now, the Word of God teaches how to help in that area in our lives. And the bad decisions are what are causing us the most turmoil and anxiety and and issues in our life. Everybody in here, the bad decisions. The bad decisions that are real are the bad decisions that you presume are bad or that you believe are bad, or you are looking at this as a cause for the things that are happening in your life. Either way, it's tied to a choice that was the wrong one. Now, what we do know and understand is, is what our lives are about, and that is choices. It's it's from, (laughs) from the time we're able to make those choices as children to today, They are affecting us. Every choice we make affects us, positive or negative way. And so what I want to do is, and I believe this is so important because I want us help. I want us to have the information to be able to not only get through a bad decision, but have victory over our past, victory over today, victory over tomorrow, based upon, again, decisions that we've made. And and honestly, Uh, I believe God gives us answers and shows us uh, how to have victory in these areas. Now, does that mean after we hear all this instruction from the word that we'll never make a bad decision again? No, that's what sucks, but it's a fact of life. But we're going to have a lot of help and we won't have as many, or maybe they won't be as big, amen? Uh, Because you can make a bad decision. I mean, you know, some of you did on what you're wearing today. But anyway, the point is, no, I'm just kidding. I'm playing with you. I'm, I'm wearing my comfy stuff right now. So the point is, is y- y'all making a decision. Everybody in here. Uh, what, what, what science has found out is, is approximately 2,000 decisions each hour. The moment you wake up, 2,000 decisions. Now, you're not aware of it, but it's happening. You're making, I mean, constant. Right now, you're making decisions right now. Do I look? Do I watch? Do I bow? You are. You're, making, you're constantly making decisions. It's just you're so used to all these decisions going through your head that it doesn't even affect you. And that's this mind that God's given us that's so awesome. 
but we also have to learn that this awesome mind can be a playground for the enemy. And so we have to recognize, hey, I, I, I can't allow outside interference. You got enough in here, but I got to watch the outside interference. I've got to watch how I am living life, which are causing a lot of these decisions to be made. And they're affecting, they're, they're affecting us in a bad way. And it's so sad because a lot of times the bad decisions we make and we don't ever want to make them again, we as you do. And you find yourself in the same, you know, bad relationship, bad financial thing, bad all kinds of stuff. And, it, and it's based upon everything is going to continue to repeat itself, everything, until you have change. See, again, you can think about change, desire change, pray for change, cry for change, fast for change, diet change, whatever. But until you change, it'll never change. Because change is not change until it's changed. So an emotional drive for change will not produce it. Action will only produce change. And so once you realize that, then you look at yourself and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm in a losing battle. Well, you know, a lot of us can raise our hands, yeah. But we're not created or made, or is it God's will for us to be losing in life? He wants us to win. And so that's what we're going to start off this morning, and we're going to get some answers, because we need them. We need the truth, right? And, and we've read many, many times, and I've shown you many, many times in Scripture that the word know, knowing, and knowledge, all these words that are tied to information are consistently in the New Testament and old, but consistently in the New Testament for us when it comes to God's word. The problem with a lot of failure, a lot of ignorance, or, or, or a lot of things that we get caught up in is because we don't have the knowledge of that word. We, have, we can have a mind knowledge of it, but we don't have the knowledge, the gnosko of the knowledge putting to use and working that knowledge to the benefit of your life. And that's what God wants. He doesn't want you to have a memorized scripture. He wants a scripture working in your life. A memorized scripture will not cast the enemy away. Knowing the word of God and what God's word says and doing it will cast the enemy away. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. You memorizing that won't do it. You quoting that scripture won't do it. You resisting him will do it, Right? And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to take this information and we're not just going to listen to it. We're going to put it to work because we want to have help in this area. And I know a lot of you, a lot of you made bad decisions this year, many bad decisions, some big, some not so big. But again, they're being made. And so we need to help ourselves get to the place where how do I fix this stuff? And how do I get to the place where I can slow this thing down? Especially when it's a repeated action of failure. And you're in the same boat as you have been before. And it's, again, based upon some things in your life that we can take care of. And this is what I believe God wants us to do. He, uh, Deuteronomy 30, 15 says this. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel before they're going to be going into the promised land. Now, that is a type. 
that is a picture of our lives becoming born again and moving from the old way into a new way, new way of life. We're new creations. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when you receive Jesus, you now have to have new information to live a new life. If no new information comes in, no new life can be lived. The Holy Spirit is not, this is not an issue of the Holy Spirit to quote, change you. That is a religious mumbo jumbo. Because if that was a true statement, a true prayer, we'd all be changed because the Holy Spirit can't screw up. But these people do this constantly over and over. Holy Spirit, change you, change me. Nothing's happening. Why? Because the change was made when you said Jesus is Lord. He changed you. You are a new creation. Well, why am I the same way then? Because you haven't changed this information. Your spirit is born again. You have power within you. You have this supernatural ability to go into this whole different level of life that operates on faith. I mean, this is an awesome place to be. Not religious faith, but faith that has confident expectation manifested in itself. Faith that has not only a place of seeing something, but you have the belief before it's even seen. That's power, people. That's where God wants us to live. You don't understand this world is a hateful, evil, destructive world. And there are going to be a lot more ugly things coming in our path besides COVID. And what, and what happens? We, most people bow, crawl, you know, give up. And God's saying, listen, you're called. You guys are called here today. Not in the 1800s. You're called here today. You have the ability inside to accomplish great things in the darkest times on this earth. I mean, it's a fact. And, and, and understand this. This world we live in right now can be really screwed up. I mean, we've been a blessed nation for so long. And now these changes are taking place that are almost like, this is crazy. But I don't care how crazy and ugly it looks, it's not as dark as a time as a church in the city of Ephesus, in Galatia, in Colossia. Those cities were a hundred times worse than what we live in right now. A hundred times. But we don't really realize that or we don't recognize that because we just don't know. But their, their, their concept of religion was tied to all kinds of, of, of gross sexual deviant things. And that's what the church was in those cities. And here they're getting born again in this dark, dark atmosphere. And God isn't going, run, run, go live in Sedona. Run, get out of here, get out of the big city. Well, they'll go to Sedona. <laughs> anyway, I'm not saying you live in Sedona, it's bad. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, God didn't call them out. He said, let's turn this place upside down. Let's flip this thing. And so what we have to look at is quit being so scared and fearful and listening to Prophet Skippy, you know, doom and gloom. And start realizing that you've been empowered to be the light and salt of this earth. You only need light in darkness, people. And it's time for us to rise up. Arise up and realize, hey, whatever's going on out there, these people need hope big time. 
People need hope. We're all created. We're not monkeys. We didn't come from monkeys. We're created in the likeness of image of God. In us, in every person, there is in here a cry for hope. A cry for purpose. And a lot of these people are being led astray because Christians are, are, are cowering, scared. It's time for us to rise up and be bold. Be bold. Not religious. Then you're going to do nothing for anyone. And I'm not even talking about quoting scripture because you shouldn't. What you should do is quote your life to people. Because this Jesus that's real should be transforming it because you're believing his word. You're receiving, you're walking it, you're experiencing. Man, God is good. His joy, man, endures. And, and you're feeling this in the midst of ugly, in the midst of jobs, you know, uh, uh, laying off people. You're like going, don't matter, it's a job. A job's a job. God will provide for me. And all of a sudden, that light of your life will start influencing people. But right now, in this midst, we got more, pe- more Christians cowering or more Christians running to religious people instead of standing up and being that light. We're going to change these things. Amen? We're going to change it. Why? Because the more this testimony of how good God is, the better it is for my life and my family. That's what I want rocking out there. I want to be able to do all the things I do, things I enjoy, and to be able to be who I'm supposed to be in God's plan that is not this, this Christianese speaking goofball, but a person that has ability to go, go to work in their job and stand up and have character. Man, I'm off my message. What are you guys doing? That's all your fault. I'll blame it on you. So God says, listen, I, I, I place before you life and death. I place before you blessing and cursing. And then he says, and by the way, this is my choice. Choose life. So what, what we're seeing here is, is, is God saying, you have to understand, for you to go into this land that I'm blessing you with, for you to go in this land where you're to prosper, your families, your children. For you to go in this, you've got to trust me and make a choice. And that's what he said. Make the right choices. But then he says, the way you tie these choices in a, in a correct manner is, know what my word says. Believe my word, follow my word. Jesus said, listen, I'll show you who those people that love me because everybody wants to say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Everybody wants to play that. You love Jesus if you hear his word and do it. Come on, parents. Do you have any kids? Well, of course you're your parent. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you want a child to hear and do, and that shows, man, that's mad love. But when they hear and don't do, they ain't showing no love. Is it? All right. Stay on track. Stay on track, Daniel. All right. So the, the one thing I wanted to make this very clear, this thing, this holy Bible, God's word, is filled with bad decisions. It's actually filled with more bad decisions than right ones. It's just the ones that make the right ones are big ones. But the ones that make bad ones are big ones too and amplified big. It's filled with it. 
God's people that are highlighted as after his own heart, a friend of God, can be losers, can make bad decisions. I mean, outright stupid decisions. But God still lights them up and says, this one's special. Why? How do these become special when they're making as, just as bad as mistakes as, as others? It's because they don't live in the bad decision. They get through it. They get through it. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to get through and have the understanding not to go back to that same decision-making process. You all, you all understand your influence on your life is tied strongly to the people you hang out the most with. If that's a person in your family, in your workplace, wherever. And you might be thinking, you know, I'm living for Jesus, I'm doing this. No, you're going to be who you're tied to. And the decision-making process is going to be tied to theirs. And I see this all the time. I've lived this. I understand it. So we have all these things we can look at and go, oh my gosh, I just, I just want to be living this life that Jesus said I want free. I want you to live a free life. And a lot of, again, a lot of mistakes we've made, some of the mistakes we made, we looked at as bad, but they're actually good ones. And we look at it as a bad mistake. I remember, I got a million bad mistakes. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Just like about 10,000 today. But I'm just teasing. But um, I remember this mistake I felt was one of the worst mistakes I ever made. I'm 23 years old. Now, 23, usually not going to get this call. But at 23 years old, and I'm living out with another uh, friend of mine, and we're living in an apartment, and uh, my mom calls me up and says, hey, a, a, a Phoenix Giant Scout just called. I said, what? Yeah, Phoenix Giant Scout just called, and they want to talk with you. And he left his number and stuff and everything. So well, why does he want to talk to me? And I was playing some, uh, just on and off, but I was playing some semi-pro ball here in Phoenix. So I call him, and he says, Daniel, hey. He actually said Danny. So I knew he had to be one of the scout from high school or whatever. So he calls me and says, I want you to come to a, a tryout. I believe, you know, there's an opportunity for you, and I want you to come try out Saturday, this on a Wednesday. I'm freaking out. I'm going, okay, yeah, I can do that. And I'm inside, I'm going, ah, ah! So we hang up, and he says, okay, 9 a.m. Saturday. Thursday, I get a call from one of my friends. He says, Danny, we're in a fast-pitch softball tournament. We're in the playoffs, and we need you to play third base. We need you, or we're out of the tournament. And it's on a Friday night. So, because I love stuff like that, I go, what? all right, I'll help out. They put me on this, on their, you know, you have a schedule that's set. So at the beginning of the season, he told me he was going to put me on because when he asked me if I could play, I told him, I'm playing some, I'm playing some semi-pro. I don't have time to play fast pitch softball. It, sound like, it sounds fun, but I don't have time for it. Um, he says, I'm going to put you down on the roster just in case. 
so I'm on the roster, so it's not like they're bringing in someone. So I go that Friday night, and I'm playing third base. The, we're winning two to one. It's like about the sixth, fifth inning. A line shot comes with me at third base. I have a runner on third. I hold him off, and I throw the ball, that big old fast pitch softball, throw it to first base, it break my hand. Break this hand right here. It's not still, it's a little lower than the other one. My pitching hand. Break it. I know, I could sit all kinds of thoughts right there. So I, I don't even show up. I, I feel like the biggest idiot on planet Earth. And I'm kicking myself over playing on this fast pitch softball tournament. My dreams are totally, completely destroyed. You don't have scouts calling you up for a tryout. They had a couple other guys coming out that too. And I just felt like the biggest loser on planet Earth. I, and it was, it hit me hard. Little did I know that that whole thing that took place brought me to a place in life to where the next year I received Jesus. And not only did I receive Jesus, but I went to Bible college. And my whole life changed and went in a different direction than if I would have went to that trial, who knows what would have happened. But the point is, is what I saw and felt as the most devastating thing in my life became something not as big as I thought it was. But it did haunt me because I went to San Jose, California to go to a Bible college there, Bethany Bible. And as I'm there my first year, I'm also in a church where I'm starting to do something that I loved with all my heart. And I was starting to help in the youth ministry at 24. And it's my whole life is like I've got God, I've got Bible school, I'm working with youth, I'm helping out in the church. And, and I'm and I'm in this place where it's just an amazing thing that's happening. Well, that Sunday, the paper came in, and there was this article on the, the sports page that said tryouts for the, uh, the semi-pro team there. And I looked at that, and I went, oh, my gosh. Summertime now. Maybe I should do that. I just want to see. So I look at that. I feel like, man, I should go. I just want to see where I'm at. I go to the tryout. They call me and say, you made the team. My first pitching date was on a Sunday, doubleheader. So here I am now. My life is Bible school, supposed to be Jesus, helping youth. And now I have my first pitching date on a Sunday morning to Miss Church. And I went and pitched. And I did really good, actually. But my, my arm was like hanging. It hurt so bad. And I thought, what the heck are you doing? And I got home, and I just felt so miserable 
that this dream that at one point was everything I could dream of now became something that was pulling me away from my destiny. See, what it was a bad, bad, terrible decision that I felt ruined my life wasn't that big deal of all because of where I was going, where I was headed. But that steel, that pool was still there. Now, I could have continued on. Who knows what would have happened? But I guarantee you I wouldn't be here. Guarantee it. And I'm not saying that this whole process was God doing it. It was choices I was making. I should have never went to that trial. It was cool, though. I have to admit, it was cool to go there and still be able to throw that ball and pop that glove and, and, and throw sliders and curves and things where they're going, dude, you can play. But the thing is, is that's not why I was there. Nor was that student loan to play baseball. And so here I'm at again. I'm in this place where look what's happening. And so I had to get to the place where I had to call that coach up and, and let him know. I said, I can't. I, I, man, I apologize. I said, I didn't come here to play baseball. And he was like, I could care less why you can't. He was mad. And so ultimately, we just, we ended the, ended the thing. I was out. And um, it hasn't been something that has affected me since then. In other words, I've never had this, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda. I, I, I've never had that because I realized that this life I have is the greatest thing there is. See, I've heard, I've heard guys, you know, in marriage talk about, man, I, a bad decision getting married. Bad decision getting married. And I think about my own life and I think, how in the world, you're going through some tough times in your marriage. How in the world, and I'm talking about, you know, you're married and have kids. How in the world could you ever think like that? Because every decision eliminated eliminates everything. So if I make a decision, what if I made that? Well, then I wouldn't be here. Or, or what, if, what if I got so mad at my wife that I'm talking about, oh, I wish I never got, I mean, and I've never done that. I mean, I've heard this many times because I understand you eliminate that. I don't have a, two miracle boys. I don't have my wife. I don't have, that, all, that, all that vanishes. And I can't see myself as a person and looking at my life and thinking, I'm so important, greater than them. But I hear it. I hear people talk that way. And that's what people do. They become so centered, so selfish, to where nothing else matters but their own life. And that's how a lot of bad decisions are made. And that's not why we're created. We're not created to be that type of person. The fall has helped in all this, the sin nature, the one that we were delivered from but still available to us is all there. But you don't have to choose that path. You don't have to go that way. So there are things that you look at as a bad decision. It might not be that bad as you think. That's all I'm saying. Now, I'm going to talk about bad decisions that were bad decisions, not necessarily like this one. But y'all understand what I'm saying, right? There are times when you assume that it's the worst thing in the world, but it might not be. 
It might not be. There are times when I've had made decisions for our church as, as a president of a, of a corporation that were hits and some amiss. And a decision made that I felt like really destroyed, really hurt us, but ultimately turned around and blessed us. But at the time, it didn't feel that way. At the time, you're taking it on like, what a loser, how dumb of a decision. But ultimately, through time, you realize, wait a minute, something's amiss here. Something I need to understand about this because who am I to define if it is the worst decision ever? Now, I know there are times when you can define it, but what I'm saying is, is what are we doing in the understanding we have? How can we have victory over a bad decision? Let me show you this scripture, James 3, 2. We all stumble in many ways. This word stumble actually is pateo or potato. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sound good. Pateo, okay? And pateo means a failed or bad decision. We all have failed or bad decisions in many ways. The word many ways means often, many times. Now think about that. I looked at the Greek word, we all, and you know what that means? Turn your neighbors and say, he's talking to you right now. Because we all means all of us, all of us make bad decisions. You know that scripture continues on and says, hey, by the way, if you don't make a bad decision, you're perfect in everything you do. He wasn't saying you can do that. He was just saying, that's the only time you're going to find a perfect person. And the only one person that I know that didn't make a bad decision was Jesus. And that's the only one you're going to find. I don't care if it's the Pope. I don't care who it is. We've all made bad decisions. Amen. And we continue to make them. So we need to have victory over Ecclesiastes 7.20 says this. There was no one on earth. There's no one on earth who does what is right all the time and never makes mistakes. There's no one on earth. So here we have the Bible making it very clear that we're going to make bad decisions. We're going to make mistakes. Now, how are we going to help ourselves not make the ones that are very destructive, that are, that are bringing destruction not only in our lives, but in our family's life? How can we help ourselves get out of those ones? And I believe the Bible does give us answers. It doesn't say you will never make a bad decision again, but what it does do is help us understand that I don't have to make this type of bad decision. This type that's really going to bring destruction. I'm not going to do that. So this is the word that's going to help us. Y'all with me on this? All right. Y'all feeling me right now? This is good stuff. God's original plan, his original plan is, is that we make the right choice. I mean, that's what he did. He places Adam and Eve on this planet that he created for them and says, everything's yours, just don't take that one thing. See that one thing in the middle, that tiny little tree there? Yeah, get through the millions of trees around it and get to that one. Don't, don't, don't eat that one. Don't eat that one. You see it? Here, let, let, me, let, me, let me take you through the miles to get to that tree. In other words, God had one tree for the purpose of free will. You take the tree out, there's no free will. And God wanted us to have free will, choice. Why? Because God's God. 
We're created after his image and likeness. He created the devil, did he not? Satan, right? Well, he had free will, a choice. He creates with the choice. Now, the angels weren't created out of his image and likeness. We were. We're special. I'm telling you, we're very special. We got to recognize that. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. I know the way I think about you. Listen, God says, I know the way I think about you. Don't tell me how I think about you. I know how I, how many times you said, God, you just, I know you're mad at me and I know this. And I know. You'd be telling him he's thinking that way and he isn't. I mean, I've been through that growing up. I mean, this journey of mine, I've been in the life of where you're doing just that. You're thinking God thinks that way. And you know what? A, 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 a very destructive habit in relationships and couples is your reading into their lives. You're thinking what they th you think they're thinking. So you're reacting to what you think they're thinking. That brings destruction. Not a, you don't have no superpower, person. No, I'm telling you right now. I know you think. It, it, the, the, the dude might have done it a hundred times in a row, but you have no right to assume. That, that will always bring destruction in a relationship. And I know I'm talking to some of you in here, so stop it. I don't care how right. You might be 99.9, .9, but that's not 100%. Stop it. Husbands, I give you the right to say, stop it. <laughs> Wives, I give you the right to say, stop it. You both see, I get equal, equal. All right. He says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of, these are my thoughts. I, don't read into me. Don't tell me how I think. Let me show you. Let me show you how I think. Thoughts of peace, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. It's a covenant word. These are my thoughts toward you. Not of evil, ra. Ra is an evil and it's an adjective for every type of evil. Every type of, not of evil, not of wickedness, not of hurt, not of trouble, not of pain, not of affliction, not of adversity, harm. Every adjective of evil is tied to the Hebrew word ra. He says, I don't think that way toward you. Ha-ha! <laughs> I don't know about you, that's awesome. When this became in here, my whole view was different toward him. See, the enemy can't con me. He used to con me. God's going to kick you out. You ain't going to heaven. You ain't good enough. Three strikes, you're out. He used to be able to do that. Can't do any of that. None of that. I don't care how stupid I am. I don't care what I do wrong. He can't change how I feel or how I think toward how God thinks toward me. I can be the biggest loser Christian on planet Earth and know that I know that I know. No matter if y'all hate me, I'm serious. Know that I know that I know that God loves me, I'm his favorite, and he's well pleased with me. And you may be thinking, how could you do that? Because I know his word, I believe him, 
and it became life. There is no thoughts other than this is what I know, how God feels about me. I need you guys all to think that way about yourselves. All of you. Not that you're a favorite of his, because I am, but you know what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get to that place, and the reason why it's important is because God said so. That's it. Just God said so. I know you're emotional, and you got feelings, and you got all this in your life. Whatever. Believe him. Believe him over your situation, circumstance, your upbringing. Believe him. Y'all got that? So he says, these are my thoughts. He says, not of this, not of evil, but to give you. Everybody say, give you. This is, I'm going to place this on you, a future and a hope. He's saying, he's saying this, my thoughts toward you are to place this great expectation of an awesome future in front of you. And that's what God wants everybody, everybody here to understand. That's his view of you. He looks down at you and he's going, come on, change the way you think. It's bright out there. You're going to have to wear sunglasses in your life. It's so bright. Because if you don't see this, you're going to live again the way you perceive. You got to get past dirt, get past ugliness, get past the muddy waters and look to his word. His word washes you. The word will always wash you from the uncleanness. Always, always, always. Why? Because while you were yet dirty, nasty, no good sinners, Christ died for you. So I'm just telling you, you can't get him to love you more. Once I received Jesus, he loved me. No, he didn't. He loved you before you received Jesus with great love. I know it doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. Our sense is tied to how we've been trained and raised on this planet. It doesn't make sense, but it's truth. And that's all that matters. It's truth. Are you guys getting this? I am going to give you a future and a hope. That's what I believe. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save what was lost. Why did he come here? To seek out. That means he's looking to find all those that have been what? That lost. I came to seek and to save. The word save means to restore, to recover, to heal, to make whole. Look at those words. Recover, restore, heal, make whole. Look at those words. Hear those words. I've come to restore, to recover. What, does that sound like someone that's perfect? Does that sound like someone that has their act together? Does that sound like someone that makes right decisions all the time? Does it sound like that? No. It sounds a little bit like us. That we need to have recovery in that bad decision. Restoration in that bad decision. I need to be made whole in that bad decision. Are you guys hearing me? All three of you are. Come on, get excited about this. If it was a football game, so you'd be jumping up because I just scored a touchdown. This is life. Give me some sugar. Gosh. I'm serious. I'm telling, I'm giving you information that is supernatural empowerment to your lives. 
And don't act like, it, you know, I, I'm chill. You have, you're watching a fight or UFC and your, your boy's up there winning. I know you aren't sitting there going, play that with me. I'm not talking about anybody. It's someone out there in live stream. I need some, I want you to get some emotion running in here. Well, I'm just not emotional. You're a liar. No, I straight out lie. You straight out lying. You, everybody in here is emotional. You just try, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, church. Be cool as you want. Just connect with this. Get it to get something in you where you're going, ooh, this is good. I don't want to get too excited. Hey, I get it. I was that way early on in church. I remember being taught to be that goof. But then I realized, you know what? This is too good. I would never act that way out there in the world. Never. I mean, if I'm in Walmart and there's a sale, I'm like going, oh, my God, that's a sale. That's awesome. I'm getting a little chilled with that. That ain't bringing no life to me. That doesn't change and transform me. That doesn't make my kids better. My wife more submissive. I mean, <laughs> do you guys hear what I'm saying? It doesn't do anything. But I get excited. Why? Because that's how we're created. And when you start hearing these words, I mean, you come in here to hear. Did not Jesus say over and over and over, have ears to hear. Guys, gals, but guys, I'm telling you, I can help you. I can help you. I'm telling you. You want to transform and change life? You want to have a life that really, really, really has purpose? Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not trying to turn you into a girl. Far from it. But what I am trying to do is to get you to realize this is, this is impacting and more important than a touchdown or a knockout telling you right now. And you know, you know I ain't playing. You know I'm telling the truth. And that's what makes it more real, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. All right, moving right along. Hey, I'm not saying you have to start raising both hands and singing hallelujah. Sometimes you have to draw a line. But there's nothing wrong with doing that. All right? Moving right along. Jesus came to help us, to set us free. Amen? Save what was lost. Ah, palome. Ah, palome. What is so important about that word is it literally means a constant loss. A constant loss. It wasn't one loss. It's a constant loss. Jesus came to seek out and find those with a constant loss, a messed up life. Hello. Thank you, Jesus, for finding me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for finding me. Praise God. Now, God's word talks about recovery. It's filled with recovery of loss, recovery of strength, recovery of health, recovery of faith, recovery of peace. I mean, it is filled with recovery. His word is. So I need you to understand that whatever it is that that decision has created loss of, pain, hurt, whatever, God is a good God to bring recovery. I'm telling you, this is a message of hope, truth, this is awesome. These words are life, people. Life. So let's get hold of it. Amen. So what causes us to make bad choices? Let's move into that. What causes us to make bad choices? First understanding is this. Most bad decisions are made out of emotion and not reason. 
I know, sister, I'm right with you. I'd be screaming hallelujah if I was sitting back there listening to this awesome guy up here. But it's true. Most decisions are made out of emotion. Those are the worst to make. We need to be people that live life consciously and understand that there is a subconscious that most of us are operating in most of the time. I get that. We want, we want the subconscious operating. I don't want to have to wake up and go, what do I, how do I do this now? And looking at a toothbrush. I, that's, I don't want to do that. I want that to be a subconscious action. Do you guys hear me? So there are things that we're doing that are subconscious. We don't think of it. Just we do it. We do it. We do it. And that's subconscious. That's why people that, you know, they end up getting married or have kids or whatever, they go, I'll never be like that. And you just exactly like what you said you'd never be like. Exactly like it. Why? Because it's all subconscious. Unless you consciously make change, you will always, always stay exactly the same as your training. You're going to do exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. You say, I'll never do it, mom. I'll never do what my dad does. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. You'd probably be worse. The only way you're going to change is to change. It's the only way. So what we have to do is we have to be conscious in life. Not, it's not like all the time, do I make a right? Do I make a left? Green light, red light. I'm talking about the importance of understanding that you have to decision-making process. Things that aren't just what color do I wear, but decision-making process that are important to your life and your family, whatever, that has to be used with reason, not emotion. Yeah, but everybody's got the big TV. What, you got everybody's paycheck? Um, what are you doing? It doesn't matter what everybody has. It matters what's the right thing. Too many people, you make them, you make them moves out of emotion, and you're paying for it. Well, listen, I get it. I understand that. The message is about we're going to have some victory. So don't feel guilty because you ain't going to get help being guilty. But you sit up straight and say, all right, I messed up my blood. I'm in the midst of a mess up. Sit up straight and say, okay, God can help me. God will help me through this. Because he didn't come to save a perfect people. He came to save us. <laughs> we messed up. Amen. But praise God, he is good. He is good all the time. All right. So our first thing is our past. <laughs> We've been doing these scrubs for a long time, right? We've been making bad decisions for a long time. Ever since we were little kids, we've been making bad decisions. And we, we would continue if our parents go, no, you can't. No, you don't. Otherwise, if it's up to us, we're going to make bad decisions all the time. I'm going to take my little big wheel out, in the, out on Camelback. As a kid, I would do that. That would be a bad decision, but a decision I would want to make. Isn't that true? Y'all don't know what big wheels are, huh? Y'all look at big wheels. But do you see what I'm saying? In other words, there, there are things that we want to do, but it's not the right thing to do. But we would want to do it. We would do it. We would do it. But see, this is what we have to look at. We have to pay attention to these things. So our past is what is the major problem right now. And until we recognize that this is an issue, you're going to continually be bound to your past. Are you guys hearing me? If you don't consciously work toward change, you will not change. 
So important to understand that. So our past, hey, according to scripture, we have the ability to be free from it. Because what God said is at the point of receiving Jesus, the new creation within you gave you the ability, the empowerment to now not be tied to your past. It said old is passed away. It's not saying it's never there and it's not a part of your life anymore. What it's saying is, is you now have the ability to be free from it. If it wasn't stated, then there's this position of you'll never be free from it. You have to live bound to your past. But God made sure that the new creation, you are not bound to the past. That gives you the ability to renew and to change, transform, to change how you think, which changes your life. Everything about your life is tied to beliefs. Everything right now, everything in your life is tied to the belief system. Belief systems tied to the information you have, the information you meditate on. Change meditations, change beliefs, change everything about you. It will happen. It can happen. No one's stuck. There's no such thing as just the way I am. It's just my personality. Dude, you, I mean, listen to me, people. Everything, everything that you think that the psychologists and all the, the, the people out there in the world have dictated and determined this is the, the meaning of life is a lie. You have personalities that are trained in you through your upbringing. Now, there are true trait, personality traits in you that start coming alive once you start breaking free from the old person. All of a sudden, you start seeing things you've never seen before. You start seeing a boldness, a strength within you before you're weak and cowardly. Why? Because you were raised that way. You were smacked down. You were talked down to. And now you, you know, my personality is just that way. No, it isn't. You are, you're, you're brought up in a bad way. God wants you free from that. And if you receive Jesus, you have been made free. It's just this information in your soul has to change. That's all. But it's there. It's there. So you go into this understanding, wait a minute. Yeah, this was me, but it doesn't have to be me no more. According to God's word, and that's what we've been looking at. What does God say, amen? So we have to understand that. If we don't, ultimately, we'll get to the blame game. And we'll blame others for our problems, blame others for our choices, blame others for our bad decisions. We're great at that. They made me choose. They have a gun to your head? Threaten you? No. Now, can someone have power over your life? Yeah, but you gave it to them. That's, that's just a fact. You empowered someone to manipulate and influence you into a decision you made. You still made it. Again, it wasn't done through a threat of death. In other words, you can't blame anyone for your decisions. Can't. You do. We do. But it's truthfully, it's your decision. Understand that. Quit blaming others. Again, when you, when you do this and you're blaming people, you break down your own value, your own personality, your, your, your image. 
not only that, but you empower yourself in this victim mentality. And you will never have success. It's impossible to have any type of success in life with a victim mentality. Because you cannot change, you'll never change, because you're always pointing the finger at someone else. We ain't having that here. Right, love life? No, we ain't doing that. We're, we're empowered through God's word to have the greatest life, the greatest life in front of us because we know how God thinks. A great future, a great expectation. Amen? You guys hearing? All right. So we can't allow ourselves to make excuses and cause, you know, it's because of them or that. We just can't do it. Remember the very beginning? This is, hey, let me show you this. This is something important. The nature of sin. It, it's something that is what determines eternity. Not what you did or didn't do. Nature determines eternity. Say that. Nature determines eternity. It's not what you've done or didn't do. It's not how good you are, how bad you are. Nature determines eternity. Adam and Eve had a perfect nature. Perfect. And what happened is, is they broke that perfect nature by allowing sin to enter into their life. That choice to disregard God and to believe Satan opened the door to death spiritually. The Bible says, if you take of that fruit, you're going to die. Hebrew says, you take of that fruit in dying you shall die. Two deaths. In other words, they couldn't die physically at all until they partook of that sin. Spiritually, death then produced physical death. They ultimately ended up dying. But before that, they would have never died. No one would ever die. But because of that nature, it causes physical death. God comes on the scene and calls them on it. What'd you guys do? Who were you listening to? Interesting statement by God. Who told you? Always understand, there's always voices out there. Voices. Listen. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not just blaming outward voices. I'm also blaming your inward voice. But there are voices going on. Remember the Bible says you war the flesh, the nature, wars against the spirit. There's these voices. There's voices everywhere. And these voices are trying to get empowerment over you. I want the good to empower over me. I want the right to empower over me. But what happens is, is Adam and Eve went in the wrong direction, spiritually died. Instantly, sin revealed, and they hid themselves from the presence of God. God comes down to hang out with them, and they're hiding, scared, fearful. And God goes, what? Where are you guys at? What are you doing? And they, they start coming clean to this new life. And God says, Adam, what's up, dude? And here's the first root 
and foundation of what we all do. That stinking woman you gave me. If I was not married to her, if you brought me Babette and not Eve, things would have been different. No, 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 it wouldn't have. First thing Adam does is says, Eve made me do it. Eve, it wasn't me, God. <laughs> this is that wife you gave me, and she's a loser. Think about it. Think about, think about his, his action right now. The dude was watching his wife talk to Satan. He's like, oh, baby, you're so beautiful. You talk to the devil. You talking to the devil, and you're looking all hot right now. Here, honey, eat that. Yeah, I'll eat anything you want, baby. It's that evil woman. It's that wicked woman. Which a woman? And Adam, and God's like going, dude, Eve, tell me what happened. The devil made me do it. <laughs> that stinking devil made me. Not one of them sit there and go, my bad. Forgive me. I'm going to go over to the tree of eternal life and eat of it right now. Not one of them. They'd be blaming. Now you look at yourself and go, that's the reason why. It ain't me. It's Adam's fault. Adam caused this thing. And if Adam didn't screw up, I'd be all that right now. That's probably what we would do. Blame Adam, right? So we recognize that. How do we fix this? How do we fix this? Accept our bad decisions. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. Are you guys hearing me? Take responsibility. First thing, you cannot get past this until you go, I made the choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take responsibility. I'll own up to it. When you start doing that, please understand this. I've seen this in personal life. I've seen it in sports. I've seen it in everything I've done in life. When you have the ability to go, it's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who messed up. I guarantee you, it, it, promotion comes. It's the most amazing thing. You might have to have payment. You might have to have something you've done wrong. I mean, you, if I get put over police, I'll never, never sit there and give them a big old lie. Oh, yeah, I was. I was wrong. My bad. And I, most of the time, Actually, I don't remember the last time, but I remember being pulled over and they gave me a warning. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff I... <laughs> the thing is, is I'm not, why? Why, why, why make excuses? Take responsibility. Take responsibility. If it's the truth, take responsibility. And I'm telling you, just... Sometimes it might take us some, sometimes we're going to fight over this and dealing with the battle of, oh gosh, I don't want to, I'm, I found wrong, I'll be found wrong. Just take responsibility. If it's own, own up to it. Own up to it. It's not hard. I know for, the, for our pride and the ego, and I'm so super spiritual and everything, we want to make sure everybody thinks we're just, we're, I mean, if Jesus didn't come, I could come. You know, yeah, right. I mean, some people do that. Religious people can get that way. But when you look at yourself the real way and say, man, sometimes I can be really messed up. But know that that's not who you're called to be. That's not your destiny. It's just a place you're at right now. But we can overcome those places. Can we not? We can overplace. 
renew the mind. We're talking about how do we deal with these, these things of our past training. Take responsibility, renew the mind. Romans 12, 2, renew the mind. Renew the mind. Ephesians 4, 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of the mind. Verse 22 says, casting off that old nature, the old ways, your old behaviors, and be renewed in the spirit of mind. Notice what it said, cast away the old behavior, the old nature, cast away. The Greek is throw it off. Just take, like you take off a coat and just toss it away. Like I do with my clothes and my wife gets real mad. <laughs> Where it lies. She tries to show me these things that are plastic and they're like this. I don't know what they're for, but she says they're really powerful. You guys with me? So it says, cast away, throw it off, throw it off, throw it off the old behavior. How do I throw some off? Well, I got to understand I got something on me. I'm not going to throw it off. I don't know I have it on me. I got this old behavior, old attitude. I got to take it off. And you all hear it come up. Every, we all can get caught up in it. Everybody in here, you're trying to do so good. And all of a sudden, the old behavior sticks itself up there. And what am I going to do? Blame Eve? Blame the devil? Take responsibility. I get it. All right, just chill. Take it off. Get it off. And then be renewed in the spirit of the mind. How, what, how, what is that? Renewing in the mind is the reason why you reacted the way you did is because that subconscious, that part of you just reacts emotionally, reacts. So you've got to get to the place, okay, stop it. Renew your mind. That's not how we think. We think this way. Think this way. Take every thought captive. Think on whatsoever is good. What's, and you start doing that. And when you start thinking correctly, you start reacting differently. And that's the first stage. And we'll get to part two next week. All right? Got a lot of information. This is good stuff, Maynard. It is good stuff. I want you free. I want you walking in this freedom. The beginning is, first and foremost, recognize. Recognize that it's this stuff's in you. And the only way you're going to change is to change. I take care of the Word of God. I believe God's Word. I start accepting it, operating in that understanding, and things start changing. That's how it happened to me. Man, I didn't become super Christian, never have been yet, but I didn't have the transformation I have now until I walk through this journey and process this stuff the way I have. And I can, sh I can share with you all kinds of bad decisions and, and, and things that, man, I wish I did and I wish I couldn't have. But none of that, none of that matters right now today. None of it other than I have victory. I'm a new creation. I don't live I'm a new creation when I receive Jesus I live when I'm a new creation today. And when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm a new creation. That means I've got some new stuff to learn. 
I have new stuff to learn. There's no way I can read this scripture and, it be, and it's all the same. It, yes, the, the emphasis of scripture, the foundation of it is, is, is very clear. But no matter what scripture you're reading, it can impact your life no matter how many times you've read it. The reason why is because we, we just know in part. It's not this we have full God knowledge of everything. It doesn't work that way. But as we turn the page or turn the season of life, all of a sudden our vision changes, which gives us a different hearing. That's why you are titled and defined as religious because years you become the way you are today. And if it's not fresh and it's not exciting, and it's, not, it's because you have made a choice a long time ago that you know everything. You'll never say that, but all the reaction in your life proves it. And we don't want that. We don't want to be that person. We want this thing to make an impact every day. Every day. I want to have change every day. I'm not saying it's going to be so drastic that I walk in here next Sunday and go, who's that? Where's Pastor Dad? All I'm saying is any change is change. doesn't matter how much. Any change. And so that's what I want. And I'm going to continue to be that way and continue to press on and continue to learn, continue to grow. And I'm not going to stop the fight. I'm going to keep fighting the fight of faith. And, and that's just the way I'm going to live my life. I read what Paul spoke. I read what Scripture shows us. And I, I, I just know this. I'm better for you to be that way. And you're better for me to be that way as well. So we all continue to press in and make an impact. We will do it. This dark world is going to be lit up, and we're going to lit them up, right? Lit them up. Yeah. Light them up. And the more spiritual you get, the less English you learn how to speak. Father, we thank you for the word. You're awesome, God. We love you dearly. And yes, this is what we want. We want to hear this information, bring it out in the forefront. We're going to see it. It, yeah, there's guilt and condemnation that tries to grab hold of us. There's all kinds of ugly made in bad decisions, but we do know this. The enemy's got a loud voice, but your beautiful voice can be louder. And it's just who we're going to listen to. And I choose to listen to you. You said, these are the thoughts you think toward me. So that's what I'm going to believe. So I'm going to understand and know that the reason why Jesus came is so that he can help me not continue down the bad decision path that I've been walking. And so there are going to be far and few between. And that's what I believe for everybody here and everybody out there in the sound of my voice, that you will see the transformation take place, that your life will be changing, and then you're going to recognize that this word is alive, it's real, and it's powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It will make an impact. And that's what we expect, and that's what we believe, an impact. If you've never received Jesus, it's called nature. If you never had a nature change, here's how you change it. All you do is call in the name of Jesus. You say, Jesus, I believe, I believe in you, and I want you in my life. That's all you have to do, and you're going to receive a change in your nature, which will change your eternal destination from hell to heaven. It's God's plan for you. Hell was not, heaven is. 
So if you've never received Jesus, I'd like you to say these words, say them after I say them, and let's get this thing going the right direction. Say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I receive you in my life. I'm calling on your name because I believe in Jesus, and I believe that you'll answer my call and come into my life, and I can be changed. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my words. I believe and I receive your life in mine, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you can raise your hand. I have something special for you that is going to help you in that decision. Just lift your hand. I'm telling you, I love the first day I lifted my hand in church. Man, I was like, everybody look at me. I wanted everybody to see that. I didn't know you weren't, you're supposed to be sort of scared. I was like going, man, victory. I want to win in this game. So I was lifting my hand up high. I was. And when they had people come down, I'm not going to have you guys come down. But when they come down, I almost ran people over. Not kidding. Running, just running in. If you pray that prayer out there in, in, in live stream, click the button. Let us know. Click the button. Show that you received Jesus. Man, we're so excited for you. We're so excited for everyone that enters in this family because you're making the family big. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.